0: Welcome to Beyond the Show, the podcast home of all things Cannabis Conference. My name is Eric Sandy, and I'm the digital editor of the Cannabis Group at GIE Media. This week, we're looking at the state of licensing and social equity in Ohio's medical cannabis market. I spoke with Allie Reeves, founder of Midwest Women, who recently helped spotlight a meeting between black cannabis business owners and state legislators a meeting that urged a greater emphasis on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the space. There are more licenses to be issued in Ohio's early days of medical cannabis, and that is a narrative to watch. Before we get to that feature interview, I just want to talk a bit about legalization efforts more broadly while we're here. Ohio, for instance, is on our list of 15 states that could legalize cannabis in 2022. You can check that out now at CannabisBusinessTimes.com. Our team tends to do this each year, sort of at the end of the year, looking ahead to the following 12 months. Of course, there's an election year coming up in 2022, the midterms, and along the way, all sorts of state legislature efforts to legalize cannabis. Now, this is on the medical and adult use side. It's interesting because as we look at 2022, you know, a lot of the classic blue states, as it were, have already legalized adult use cannabis, pretty much in, in, in most cases. So you're looking at a wave of, you know, classic red states or or slightly more conservative leaning states. They're now on the on the tipping point of legalizing for adult use, or if they're not there yet, legalizing medical cannabis. So we put this list together. It's up on cannabisbusinesstimes.com. Check it out. Um, let us know your thoughts. Let us know if if the state that you're hoping to operate in is on that list, or or if it's not let us know what what you hope to see from that state in 2022. You know, it's always a a big cause for debate or uh, just, you know, some fun social media chatter. So let us know what you think about that list. These are just guesses as we look ahead to 2022. Let me just run through a few of the, the likely states that we're watching. We've got Delaware, possibly legalizing for adult use. Oklahoma, one of the more interesting states to watch as it's Free market medical cannabis space really takes off, and as it battles a growing illicit market, too. You know, we've been keeping our eyes on Oklahoma for a variety of reasons, uh, but some efforts to legalize adult use next year are really starting to bear fruit. Um, We've got Mississippi. You know, they technically legalized medical cannabis, at least uh, the voters wanted to uh, last year, but that's been hung up in the state Supreme Court and ultimately was overturned. So, once again, Mississippi is is trying to cross that finish line and, and fully legalize medical cannabis next year. we have got a whole bunch of maybes that we're looking at as well. Let me just run through these real quick. Maryland is on our radar. Ohio, as I mentioned, possibly legalizing adult use next year. Wyoming has some medical cannabis efforts. Pennsylvania's adult use situation. They've got a trio of bills in the statehouse right now and a pretty generally sympathetic set of legislators out there, certainly a sympathetic governor and lieutenant governor. Um, Pennsylvania is definitely one to watch. You know, those three bills aren't all that different, but we've reported on those and check that out at CannabisBusinessTimes.com to see what to make of, of the trio of efforts to legalize adult use cannabis in Pennsylvania, what they look like right now. A couple other states, Rhode Island, Nebraska on the medical side, Arkansas, Florida, Missouri, North Carolina on the medical side, South Dakota, that's another state that's, um, you know, after voters had their say on, on medical and adult use, uh, their adult use measure has been hung up in the, in the state Supreme Court. Associate Editor Tony Lang, who was on the podcast not too long ago, he has a story out right now on Canvasbusinesstimes.com about the state of uncertainty in South Dakota. Lastly, Senior Digital Editor... Melissa Schiller wrote about our wild card, that's Idaho, and their medical cannabis legalization efforts. Who knows what's going to happen in Idaho? That's always a tough one. You know, we also have our hemp brand as well, Hemp Grower, so we report on the hemp industry. And even over there, despite the fact that they have gotten their hemp market up and running, Idaho is always uh, a tough one to try to pin down. Anyway, that list is up right now, CannabisBusinessTimes.com. We've got 15 states we're going to be keeping an eye on. We're going to be updating this piece frequently as we get into 2022. As some of these states come off the list, either they've legalized or their legalization efforts are dead in the water, which sometimes happens as as the year gets going. Um, and we'll, we'll just provide some additional context there as the year gets underway. All that being said, very happy to... Return the spotlight to Ohio, where Allie Reeves and Midwest Canna women are shining a bright light on social equity efforts. Again, there's a whole suite of retail licenses about to be issued, and a greater emphasis is being placed on the need for a diverse set of entrepreneurs and cannabis business owners in Ohio's medical cannabis market. So please enjoy my conversation with Ally Reeves. Allie, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast this week. Very excited to have you here uh, on Beyond the Show, a fellow Ohioan, always excited uh, to put Ohio in the spotlight a little bit. And so I figured uh, maybe before we get into the organization that you're working with and some of the more Ohio-specific issues, uh, can you describe how you got involved with Ohio Cannabis in general?
1: Um, so back in May, 2017, um, I had an opportunity to take an internship at the Cleveland School of Cannabis as the admissions officer and it was, uh, 80 hours for free. And I was like, why not? You know, um, I was looking to figure out why cannabis matters so much to me in my life. And then also, um, I was looking for a new, interest, a new opportunity, you know, being from Cleveland and being, a fellow Ohioan I've done a lot of things far as like employment so this was something new that I was already a passion about and always uh, (laughs) a patient of if you want to say it that way so it was like why not so I jumped into the actual position um I started at the school like I said back in May 2017 before the first quarter was actually uh introduced and I just worked really hard there I was uh creating the admissions department at that time. So, uh, with my boss, Kevin Green, the vice president. So, and my other boss, Richard Pine at the time too. So we kind of like figured out how to have the admissions, um, the guidance department, the, uh, department and the scholarship department all in me. <laughs> so, I did a lot of things. I enrolled over 92% of their students in two and a half years. Uh, I helped them enroll in Cleveland, Columbus, and definitely the online platform. So it's a great opportunity. I learned a lot being at the school, and I was able to meet so many different people here in Ohio's cannabis industry. So that's how it all got started, Cleveland School of Cannabis.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, I love having the spotlight on Ohio and certainly Cleveland in particular. It's, It's an interesting state to look at. In terms of cannabis, because um, you know its medical market is still very much in its early growth stages, and there's a lot of issues to work out, as we'll get into momentarily. Um, and the same sort of goes for the whole Midwest. You know, we're looking at a lot of states that are coming online and learning from uh, past experiences in cannabis elsewhere in the U.S. And so I know you're uh, very much a part of Midwest Canna Women, uh, which has um, that whole Midwest overview as part of its mission. Uh, could you sort of describe Midwest can women and, and how you got involved with that? So
1: back in May, well, back in 2017, like I said, I was watching the industry build out being the admissions officer for the Cleveland school of cannabis. And I was able to meet so many different people from Ohio, outside of Ohio. So then I started to say, okay, there's a need because there were so many students coming up to me and people that I know from Cleveland, everybody was trying to figure out what is cannabis and what does the industry look like in Ohio? So I created a company alongside with um, my uh, old co-founder. Her name is Christine DeJesus. She's now the the general manager for Galena's cultivation here in Akron, Ohio. So I kind of like enticed enticed her for three months. Like, okay, come on, we need to do it. You know, she was a big activist in the state. She still is. And uh, she has a very large presence. So I was like, with my network and your network, we can do this. So we created a, me, it was kind of women back then. And um, we started to do events and um, now, of course, uh, after I think uh, after years, she did, she stepped down because she took a very important position at Galenus. And uh, I had another uh, board member at the time. Her name was Mia Blanker-Reed, and she was the treasurer. So her and I kind of like ran Midwest Canada Women. So I started to just fill gaps. You know, it was really just to be in that gray area between the governing bodies and the people. And I created it to advocate for minorities and all women, but I also created it to support the cannabis industry as well. So that's how I was able to meet so many different people and operators here in the state of Ohio, because they all needed to get the word out and they needed a place. So Midwest Canada Women is also a platform that people uh, that i work with and uh, support utilize to be able to give and share information about the amazing things that they're
0: doing. Absolutely. Yeah, those platforms are so key. In, in, this, in this cannabis industry, sort of ever-evolving <laughs> business that we're all in. Um, and also just a quick shout out again to Christine De Uh She's actually got yeah. another column coming up in the November yeah. <laughs> in Cannabis Business Time. So yeah. very much on our mind. Yeah. yeah. Um, My girl. Yeah. Well, uh, and so we started talking a few weeks back, obviously, with, uh, with some of the Ohio news. Uh, there's a number of new medical dispensary licenses that are on the table. And so just wanted to get a sense from you of, you know, what's the latest in Ohio and and how is the state handling the licensing issue from your perspective?
1: So they released uh, the RFA 2 for the new 73 dispensary applications here in the state of Ohio. And um, that's going to bring a total of 130 dispensaries here in the state. So after um, looking at the whole scheme of things, there's a lot of large Multi state operating companies here in the state of Ohio that have garnet license. So it's kind of, you know, not controlled, but I would definitely say ran by those companies. They have the bandwidth and the capital and the uh, resources to be able to play the game. Um, But also, there's a a certain group of minorities. There's about nine that I've counted. I've been searching for them all over the last four years uh, that have gained a license here in the state or a couple. And um, they're still either they're up and running and they're in those positions, but they're not the ones that are being truly supported. If you ask me uh, in the industry, because there's no social equity program in the state of Ohio anymore. They had one back in May in 2017 that at least 16% of the minorities that applied for a license were able to gain one. But um, there was a young lady, her name is Ariana Kirkpatrick. She was not, She actually won when it went through a lot of uh, issues because they took the law away and sued her. Um, I just left, if you want to ask today, her last grand opening of her last dispensary, she's uh, vertically integrated now with Harvest uh, of Ohio, and she overcame that situation. But uh, the minorities is really a struggle. And that's not just Ohio, that's across the world. Um, I read a report that it's only about 4.3% Blacks that own an actual cannabis license in the United States. So, you know, there's definitely a lack of diversity and inclusion and equity for minorities, for sure, but definitely for uh, my community, the Black people. So,
0: Yeah, and I know, you know, last time we had talked, uh, I know that Arianna Kirkpatrick and others were down in Columbus, uh, where the State House is in Ohio, and they were talking with some lawmakers in Ohio about this very topic. Um, Are you seeing a lot of response or traction from those lawmakers to try to get some of these policies back on the books as as policy?
1: I do. Um, my business partner and also my friend, she's also a licensed uh, operator here in the state of Ohio. Her name is Nicole Ross. She owns a processing lab called Nora Labs and is based out of Dayton. Her and I have uh, been able to work with, alongside of her sister as well, uh, Noraya Ross. She's also the operations manager for Nora Labs. We've all been able to, connect with some of the politicians that are in the state house that do want to work with us. Like uh, I'll drop two names, uh, State Rep Juanita Brent. She's definitely been a very large advocate here in the state of Ohio, trying to uh, uh, change the laws for cannabis and definitely advocate for all people, but also for minorities. And also State Rep Thomas West, who was at the press conference with us as well, is another one of our allies, no pun intended, <laughs> that we have definitely been working with to try to figure out how to include this social equity program here in the state of Ohio. So they have, they've been welcoming and they've definitely been willing to work with us. So it's been great,
0: you know? (laughs) Absolutely, I mean, it sounds like on one hand there is some momentum in Ohio and elsewhere. On the other hand, there's a long road to go. And so you know, this next question might be um, self-evident or obvious, but, Why is this important here in in 2021? Why should the cannabis industry be focused on making sure that we get this right before we go any further down the road? Because it's important. Um, We don't
1: have to go through the whole war on drugs and we don't have to go through why, but we do understand that the minority uh, communities have definitely been the ones that have been carrying cannabis on their back, good and bad. You know, there's a lot of celebrities now inside of the cannabis industry that make it look super cool, but there's a lot of minorities and that are working extremely hard to try to get uh, to the point of not just operating, but being able to educate our communities through cannabis, you know? And there's just been a, a gap, a drop in that area, you know, far as who can do what. So it's extremely important. Ownership is the key, if you ask me. Um, if we're not owning these licenses and owning these companies and being able to empower and create economic growth in our communities as well, then what are we really doing in the industry? So I'm a true, um, I'm extremely passionate
0: about that part because it's important. Absolutely. And I know, um, you know, we're here talking in late October. Uh, this episode is, is coming out on November 5th. Um, yeah. You have an expungement clinic. That you're helping to run on November 5th. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: So, I, uh, my company, like I said, I work with the cannabis industry. I work with operators, but I also uh, do a lot of things for my community. And this is the first one that I'm doing. I'm born and raised from Cleveland, Ohio, and um, I'm trying to just bring resources to the community about what's going on. And this is not just for cannabis. This is for anyone in the Cuyahoga County area that wants to get their record expunged. So now that I have these amazing uh, allies. I want to uh, put us all in a position to do some good work. So it will be November 5th. That's a Friday uh, from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. And it's at the Cleveland School of Cannabis. I collaborated with a lot of amazing people. Um, the one woman I collaborated with is Tasha Roundtree from Green Tree Solutions. She's based out of Dayton. She's been a very large activist in the state. Um, and also Mecca Ross from UFCW, which is a, also they have a cannabis sector. So us three, we actually are putting this uh, expungement clinic on in the Cuyahoga County area. And then I have sponsors from um, Minorities for Medical Marijuana, which I'm also the state director for Ohio. They're going to be a sponsor along with the Cleveland School of Cannabis, along with the botanist So it's like a family affair whenever Midwest Canada Women comes to create events, because I like to bring everybody there so they can network, educate, and definitely do some good for the community. So if you are in the Cuyahoga County area and you do need some resources or information about how to get your record a sponge, please contact me. Um, I'm pretty sure that they'll leave my uh, contact information, but my name on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and on LinkedIn and Twitter is Ali Reeves. You can contact my company Midwest kind of women as well for more information,
0: but thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Glad to share that information. I mean, it's so crucial, you know, alongside the industry itself, which is, you know, the licensing and the business ownership that we're talking about, you still have this law enforcement and, and you know justice, the social justice side of the equation that that really does need to be sorted out. And these expungement clinics are such a you know fantastic venue for that, obviously.
1: Yes, for sure. And uh, like I said, it's bigger than just cannabis. This is bigger than just us. You know, it really needs to be a change in the entire industry as a whole. Because uh, the more that we're not there, the scarier it gets for us all. So you know, it's important, you know, this industry was built on our backs. And I think we've earned a place to say that we want ownership, we want to be included. And we need laws to reflect that as well. So
0: certainly, well, Ali, thanks so much for joining (laughs) us on the show this week. It was fantastic getting to talk to you again. And, uh, you know, hoping everything uh, goes well at the clinic and, and beyond. Certainly.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Eric. This has been an amazing opportunity. And I look forward to working with you guys soon
0: and that's a wrap on another episode of beyond the show hope you enjoyed my conversation with Allie reeves of midwest canna women you know ohio sometimes gets lost in the mix of medical cannabis markets and legalization efforts more broadly so it's always nice to kind of shine a light on that midwest stalwart it is a growing medical market and one to watch especially with those aforementioned adult use legalization efforts as we head into 2022. We've got a couple really good episodes coming up as we get further into November here. You know, we have some Election Day coverage on the website now from earlier in the week. There weren't a ton of cannabis narratives this year. But Associate Editor, Tony Lang, has pulled apart a couple storylines to watch. We've got a lot of election coverage coming up a year from now, and between now and then, plenty of opportunities to dig into the storylines and go well beyond the show.